recording this, so we'll see how it goes with the cold open. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Hopefully there's enough material there for you to go off of. <laughs> All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Only Show That Cries at Vending Machines When They See L3. I'm Max. I'm Matt. And I'm Luke. And this is Force for Thought. I appreciate you for still laughing at that, even though you knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm visually picturing it. It's a lot funnier. Ooh, Kit Kat. Super tear rolls down your eye. <laughs> I almost looked behind me when you said that. <laughs> going to be talking a little bit about Mandalorian season three reviewing it um as a whole as a whole eye view. I think there's going to be some some hot takes some big opinions coming so make sure everyone's dissenting uh, opinions we'll say as, not necessarily as, hot or big also I, I already know right. also as a caveat we all really love Star Wars even if we have some complaints as normal people right all do oh yeah I mean we're, we're really splitting hairs which is basically the thesis of this podcast we're arguing between like a nine and a half or a perfect ten every time right <laughs> yeah I mean, kind yeah, of. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We it, love Star overall, Wars. Yes. Yes. This season maybe a little lower. I, I just don't like. I just don't like how Luke's setting this up to be splitting hairs between nine and a half and a ten because I know he's gonna say season just, three was very good. Well, how would you rank the seasons off the bat right now? I mean, off the bat, they're all gonna be nine and a half and tens. That's fine. But how would you rank them? Rewatch value nine and a half season one. No, you don't have to do nine and a half. You're just descending order. Your favorite to least favorite. Uh, season two, season three, season one. So two okay. is the best. One if it is wasn't the worst. season yeah. two, should be your favorite. I feel like, right? Yeah. I mean, you see Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Tano? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Just yeah. making sure lady. we have this. Ba- <laughs> oh my god! Just so we have. The ba- <laughs> he's he's the not joking. That you, though. I know he's the, not fact, joking, the fact that you lady. that you mentioned those she three. runs on all four hands as if a quadrupod again. Yes, <laughs> but just the fact that you said those three names in the same sentence <laughs> is like actually kind of frustrating. Yes. <laughs> Bo-Katan was cool too. That's uh, why that's why I was upset when Luke was saying, well, we're just, you know, nipping between nine and a half and tens. And I'm like, no, we're not. As you a, are saying as, random characters that nobody cared for are as amazing. A, as a series whole, as a, right, the whole Star Wars thing, yes, I 1,000% agree. Per, what? That it's like nine and a half to ten. Okay. As a whole, as Star Wars, as right? As a whole, yeah. But you think season three brings down the average? No, I, I mean, I think it's I, I like Star Wars on a weekly basis. I think it's a blast. I go over Max's house every Wednesday, and we watch Star Wars, which is, like, something that, like, we weren't able to do for a very long time. Like, we were just talking about how... Decades. Like, when we started college, when we almost, when we graduated college, there was no Star Wars for, like, years at that point. I mean, almost... Because you graduated college in, what, 2016? 2016. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, we were, like, t- in 2014, or maybe it was the first trailer. I mean, like, Max and I watched it at our apartment, um... And like teared up when like the Han and, and Chewie came on. That was the second teaser. Yeah, the second I teaser. watched yeah. that almost on a weekly basis. Still, if I want to, <laughs> I want to tear it's up. It's a good one. It's so good. Um, but like, I think just being able to go out and uh, <laughs> to, to go out for me to go to your house, <laughs> literally <laughs> to watch Star Wars on a weekly basis is great. So I'll take anything, even like Book of Boba Fett, right? Which I didn't necessarily love. Like it wasn't like the the upper echelon. I still like love that experience of going and watching it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it is just a blast. To That's experience interesting. It. Let me talk about that for a second, and then I'll seg that way into the Mandalorian. Book of Boba <laughs> Fett was s- segue that Sorry. into the Mandalorian. <laughs> I don't know why I'm calling everyone's flaws. <laughs> If, um, because there were there were some lows in uh, Boba Fett, right? Overall, it was not my favorite live action TV show. Mm-hmm. But there were moments where you're just like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, right. Like, like it, it took some time getting there, mm-hmm. but in the last episode of Boba Fett, when you saw him riding that Rancor into yes. battle, I'm sorry, you like that? Yeah, that looks good, yeah. right? Oh yeah, that, that... He stabbed Cad Bane with a gaffy stick. Yeah, yeah, that's sick. Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. I yeah. Sorry. And that, more. And that segues into the Mandalorian because I thought going back to what you said, I thought Mandalorian season three. I don't think it was above or below average. I thought it was like the average for Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. My order probably would go two one three, but just because even though season three had some really high highs, there were some really low lows. But at the yeah. end, the last episode. I thought it was only okay because it came hot off of episode seven, which I thought was incredible. Episode mm-hmm. seven was by far the best episode of the series. Absolutely, in my mind. yes. Wait, oh yeah, Wait, season or series? Oh, the series? series? Yeah. Luke Skywalker uh, comes up. Yeah, I don't he know about, shows I don't know up. About that series. is not like if yeah. you're gonna. <sighs> I really liked episode seven. Well, so did I. But you're within your right to. Episode seven was an incredible episode, and then Absolutely. coming off of that, episode eight, which was really good. Yeah. I feel like just because it came off of episode seven, I was kind of like, okay, that's good. It, but it did a good job of like tying everything up. But again, there were those moments it did where you're an okay job of tying everything up. I really no, like season three, it tied but I, up I was everything. The, the finale was one of the more disappointing parts for me. Have you rewatched it? No. The, to be fair, the, I the haven't either. I am sorry. That's been a, less than a week. That's a loaded question. I meant the show, the season, but that's a loaded question because I haven't either. Because I'm just wondering, watching it as a whole piece of media, right? Like we've all, I assume we've all watched season one and two cohesively together. Like not together as, as in us, but I mean like we watched episodes like one through eight closer together than week by week. Like I've watched like season two over yeah, I mean, again. I've rewatched it and I guess it didn't take me eight weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I was saying, I wonder if season three will hold up for you. We should do uh, we should do another episode. <laughs> rewatch all of season three, rewatch season three. Cause I'm wondering if it does, if you find inconsistencies in it or if you like it more and it can solidify your ranking. Cause I think that's something that's interesting is like once it's on the week to week basis, I'm on a high consistently looking forward to the next episode, but watching them back to back to back, I wonder if it'll give you the same effect. Um, I don't know. We'll see. See, I feel like it will, for especially for season three, because season three did a much better job of following a through, an overall through line, mm-hmm. as opposed to just doing a different, isolated mission every single yep. episode. Because I like following those through lines, mm-hmm. and I like that episodes one and two, there was no like real conclusion no. at like either of those episodes. It was just like continuing a single story, yep. and I really like that. And then you took that little sidetrack to follow uh, Kane on Coruscant, and she mm-hmm. wiped uh, Pershing's mind. Love it. Uh, I really like that episode, too. Flay. A lot of people flayed his mind. mind? Oh, that was a mind mind flayer. Stranger Things crossover? uh, DNA crossover? I have not seen Stranger Things. You haven't seen Stranger Things? Any of it? Oh, man. It's really good. Yeah, you guys. That's what I hear. It's in my top 10 shows, and it's a hard top 10 to crack. Yeah? Yeah. Um, But now I'm thinking about that because, yeah, it's probably in my top 10, too. Anyway, um, we'll we'll talk about that later. We'll have another (laughs) podcast for that. I know. I kept saying last episode also that I kept saying different podcasts, but it's not a different podcast. It's just a different episode that I want to talk about other things in. (laughs) We have one podcast. It's just this, I swear. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, I really like that episode too. A lot of people didn't like it because um, they felt like it was like just weird, like yeah. it didn't have to do with anything. But it's like that's a TV show. It's like the they're introducing over, concepts. Yeah. Like you need to wait for it all to play out and like come back around and everything. Well, this entire show has been hinting at the cloning. Pershing came back from season one. Like yeah. I think it's the setup and payoff over episodes, over years that is really satisfying because I think people can complain about, right, like when we, in Rise of Skywalker, we see Chewie in the transport that he presumably is in, gets blown up, and he presumably dies, and instantly we know yeah, he's alive, right? And so seconds. that's like mm-hmm. instant gratification. It's not even gratifying. It's, it's, I guess it's like... It's the opposite of instant gratification. Yes, but it's like so quick. Instant it, dissatisfaction. Yes, instant <laughs> dissatisfaction versus seeing Pershing and that storyline kind of start in season one and then kind of finish potentially in season three as far as we know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think there's like... It, I, I don't see anything wrong with that because like... It, it, seeing this side story is, if anything, I think 
build like more world building, which is more satisfying in the long run, and when you're rewatching things. Versus Rise of Skywalker, which is a movie I personally still uh, really enjoy, uh, is that instant dissatisfaction when you're like, ah, it's like thirty seconds went by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like one of my only complaints. Um, I will say I eh. I really like season three of The Mandalorian. I think yeah. more than both of you, but not yes. for any of the same reasons from what it seems. You're saying that The Mandalorian season three had a better through line and more consistent yes. story throughout the whole season. I think it was far less consistent. I think season one, the story mm-hmm. of finding Grogu and turning your back on being a bounty hunter and mm-hmm. learning to, you know, choose him instead of choosing your job. And then season two, the story of getting mm-hmm. him back to his people. I think season one and two both had less of a adventure of the week format than season three, but I like the adventure of the week format. Like season three, the co- the convert with Pershing and Elia Kane, yeah. that did not have any, it, it was bookended with the Mandalorian at the beginning and end, but it was like 45 minutes of straight Dr. Pershing and Elia Kane mm-hmm. that had almost nothing to do with the rest of the story. And I loved it. And yeah. then, you know, episode four, the foundling that had the backstory with Grogu and Keller and Beck mm-hmm. loved that. Absolutely. And Keller and Beck was a highlight. Yeah. It was. But there's so much more. It's not so much like one story. Because everyone talks about like how now the we were talking about in the last episode how season three had the end of the story and it wrapped up Din Djarin and Din Grogu's stories really well. I think their story was even more concisely wrapped up at the end of season two. And now season three was basically just epilogue. And everything we've seen was just world building around mm-hmm. Din Djarin and Grogu from I, the Mandalorians to the Imperial that. Remnant. I think that I they think I th- don't, don't talk about Imperial Remnant. I, I think season three was a, a perfect bookend. I thought it was a, a nice way it, I, it tied yeah. the string on a lot of I think it, s- somewhat loose ends because yeah. season one started with Din Djarin finding this foundling and then season uh, two ended with giving him the choice season two of the mandalorian ended with him going with luke skywalker to train to be a jedi and it's like hard to remember because a lot of mandalorian content happened in the book of boba fett but when we came back then with season three so season two ends with grogu leaving to be a jedi season three ends with him with din Djarin saying well din Djarin saying i'm gonna basically adopt this boy mm-hmm. and raise him as my own um that story beat fell kind of flat for me what did you guys think of that when he formally adopts Grogu it, and I, name him Din Grogu? I mean, he was basically his dad for the last it, several yeah, years. It didn't he? hit like, me as hard. It, it 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 almost felt the same way as that when he went back into that bar and Zeb wasn't there the second time. Yeah, we were all <laughs> looking for him. We were all looking for him. I didn't I didn't mind that I didn't mind that moment at all. Same. Except for when she called him Din Grogu. Since when do surnames come first in Mandalore culture? When, why would it not be Grogu Jaren? I mean, but he yeah, wasn't raised on Mandalore, right? So like. I think I think that's a whole other. There's a whole other thing that we're gonna have to explore, right? I mean, I feel like as much as I don't know. I mean, I've, I've I feel like I've talked to a lot of my coworkers specifically about this as well because that's obviously very not common. But I think it is because he is not a proper Mandalor Mandalorian. But neither Mandalore. was Din Djarin. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I thought you were still talking about Grogu. Sorry, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not a proper uh, Mandalorian proper. Uh, so I feel like there is some gray area. With that being said. What do you mean by Mandalorian proper? Well, like 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 Boca like Bo-Katan, right? Like it is first name last name, but like born on Mandalore, raised in the Mandalorian culture. Obviously, he was Din Djarin was saved. He was raised in the Mandalorian culture. Sure, but he was saved from somewhere else, right? So mm-hmm. I assume. So you're just talking about like bloodline? Sure, yeah. Like it, when when he was what? How old was he when he was saved? Like eight? Yeah, less right. Than 10, so he say. has some history before 
his time with the Mandalorian. So I assume that's where it comes from. I could be, I mean, I could be vastly wrong. I hope there's no difference with that though, because then they make that whole point in the Mandalorian uh, season one, where he said something along the lines of Mandalorian isn't a race. It's a creed. Yes. So I would hope but that there's, yeah, I would hope that there's no like distinction of like, Oh, Mandalorian isn't a race. It's a creed. But if you're not actually Mandalorian, then your last name has to come first because those are the rules. Yeah, I agree. I have no hard feelings. I'm just saying that's an, that's an option. <laughs> he has so eight, potentially eight years prior uh, to that as well. But that said. So do you think he uh, forgot about the past and killed it? Let the past die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could do an entire segment on that alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, sorry, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, but uh, no. So no. what I was gonna say was like that. That was kind of weird mm-hmm. to me. That just kind of like made me like shake my head for a second. Like didn't Grogu? But um, uh, there were some other parts in there. Like I said, kind of like Book of Boba Fett. Where mm-hmm. you just look at it and you're just like, yeah, that makes me happy. Yep. Like watching all of those Mandalorians fly into combat against those commandos. Yes. Oh yeah, watching them drop out of a gauntlet. I can watch that on loop for the rest of my when, life. When when Axe was going through the clouds in the last episode, yeah, that really got me. Something that. That perspective was really cool. That like you felt that danger for the yeah. first time in a long time. I was like, oh, is he gonna like come out of those clouds and see like a fleet of like star destroyers? Like, what's gonna happen? I mean, just even see, I don't know. It's like a little shaky. It's like that nerv- nervousness where like his comms are breaking up. Um, and the entire time, also one last thing, uh, I could not stop hearing Bo-Katan calling him ass. I think Axe <laughs> is re- he needs to have his first and last name be said during an action Axe scene every time. Yes, because they're like Axe, Axe, and I was like, is no one else hearing this? <laughs> With that being said, Ray Sloan is also a weird name. So <laughs> I, similar to Ray Sloan, Axe Woves did not bother me as a name. <laughs> but were you guys surprised that he survived crashing yes. the light cruiser back into Mandalore? Yes, and I'm very and glad he, he survived. I just don't know. flew out. I was like, yeah, that's a really easy thing to do. Yes. But yeah. I just thought he wouldn't. Same. I know. I don't know why. The I thought the exact same up. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. He's gonna he's gonna kamikaze it, and then he like I, shoots it with the rocket. And I'm just like, because oh, he's yeah, of course he's smart because he's like, yeah, I'm not dying for yeah. this. Like, mm-hmm. which mean, that does seem like something, and I'm glad that they didn't. But it does seem like something that would happen in Star Wars that a yeah. lot of people would like be like, oh, why didn't he just do this? Yeah. You know, so it's well, like it's, it's playing against expectations, I think. And there realistically isn't a reason for him to die if he could easily do that. And he's a jetpack. If it was a different yeah. context, um, you could easily. If it's like the end of the line, if someone's putting their life at risk or something, that it makes sense to to go down with the ship. But like in that scenario, he I mean, he obviously pulled like uh, like a commander role and then instantly was like, Yeah, all right. Yeah. I'm done with this. No purpose for me to die. Yeah. So there was yeah, there was a lot of parts like that. Yeah. Uh, everything with the Praetorian guards. Mm-hmm. Um, Very again, cool. Like you just look at it and you're just like, Yeah, I like that. However, comma, mm-hmm. it does kind of come uh, with Grogu doing some weird-looking uh, acrobatics. Yes, I mean, we, well, when he's walking too at the end, but he's a puppet, right? Or he's like, I mean, it's regrettably, it's. <laughs> I that's a different episode. Yeah. Um. Bite, I, my, bite my tongue. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to as well. I because I want to go. I, I feel like I got to get into it a little bit too. And I know we talk about this a lot too. But saying it on here is a little different. Um, is that I think sh- audience ex- expectations versus showrunner and show creators expectations are different right and i think that is what's weird about the mandalorian is that like, i think everybody likes and this is a whole other conversation that max and i just had not that long ago but it's like i think there's a divide in the fandom a little bit is because what i'm realizing is that everybody likes star wars for different reasons and i think that this is a great this is a great uh, example it's like max and i like mandalorian when it's specifically more intense and there's more on the line the ending of season two is like so good right and it's like we like that conclusion 
even though it ends as a cliffhanger, it's that, that conclusion to that story. And like Luke, you seem to like more of that episodic world building. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like building in season. I like that too. But if it has a caveat, I mean, I still love it no matter what. But like with the caveat of if it serves the story of those characters and what direction those characters are going, because like obviously, like in episode six, obviously it's kind of getting a lot of hate. I don't think it deserves all that hate. It is a very odd episode because, but it feels like it's something straight out of Clone Wars and and Rebels, which. I have the distinct feeling that some people who don't like it so much don't understand that Dave Filoni, who also is creating Mandalorian, also created these shows. And I think Filoni specifically likes Star Wars for those weird creatures and that world building as well. Those those kind of like otherworldly uh, mm-hmm. things you wouldn't see in a normal st- in like just say a New Hope because there's not really a purpose for them in the story. Um, and so I think that you have to have like these expectations and understanding. And as Star Wars gets bigger, which is going to consistently get bigger, is that I think we all need to have an understanding of like the context of which something is set in. Um, I think I would love this if this happened. Um, and there's a lot of talk about it before Boba Fett. Is that like if if Mandalorian became more of a Game of Thrones style <laughs> show where we have storyline A is as uh, Dinjarin and Grogu, storyline B is Boba Fett, and like storyline C is like Bo-Katan. And we kind of weave in and out of them mm-hmm. during an episode. But instead, obviously, we're sticking with one, basically one character uh, or one storyline through the entire episode, which is totally fine. Um, in theory. I mean, what was the Mandalorian's, or what was Dinjarin's storyline throughout the entire series? No, season? I mean like in an episode, sorry. Oh, 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 okay. In an episode. So like you'd be like, oh, he's going to go, and fo-. I mean, obviously in a different context, um, but you would follow them in different uh, different storylines, like much like Game of Thrones or uh, I think like more of like um, kind of more world building episodes or shows rather. Well, let me say this because I think this is going to get a big reaction out of Luke. Okay, th- real quick. I two three two one three same as you is my season two one three. I was two one three and two, you three, said one. two yeah. three one. Um, yeah, I I really like season three a lot. It came with those high highs that we were talking about. Keller and Beck was mm-hmm. definitely a highlight. I said that before. Mm-hmm. Seeing the mountain, however, on comma, yeah, very cool. It was a highlight in an otherwise not so great episode. Yeah, the foundling when they take Ragnar. Yes, and they I have agree. To go fight the dragons. Yes, that was I didn't love that. No. I did not love that. I think Bo-Katan got to lead the search party. She got to stay by the fire. I think it's cooler when you're saying it out loud. I mean, it is very cool to see, but I think that's one of those episodes that has a lot of. I don't want to say weaker writings. That sounds like I'm uh, dissing it. But like when they walked up to the <laughs> to the mountain and they're like, we must set, we're going to set up camp here uh, until until daylight. And then we see them setting up camp yeah. until daylight. And it's like that thing where it's like you have to show and not, you show versus tell mm-hmm. the audience. And it's like little things like that. Um, and that's like such a dumb complaint in comparison to like this overall conversation. And that's just more like me again. I really enjoy that episode. No, I mean, we're talking about but, season three as a whole. And I think that is a very uh, reasonable thing to bring up because there were a lot of uh, criticisms i think about some of the writing because season three uh, like you said like think of it in like the mm-hmm. context of a cartoon like a lot of the dialogue just it just sounds like it's in a cartoon right yeah, it tells with you live action about the first episode or two yeah, yeah and with live action you just have different expectations but there are still weird things like that exactly that take you out like yeah. at the very beginning of episode seven when kane is having that hollow conversation with um moff gideon mm-hmm. and moff gideon says something to the extent of uh what is the status? And make it quick, as I am in a hurry. Yes, I, I mean like, that's a weird thing to say. Like, yes. shouldn't it just be presumed that you're in a hurry? This is like a sketchy back alley. Meeting. And I think the other thing is, is that if it was a bigger storyline and we saw why he was in a hurry, that is okay. But the fact that we don't have any context of what he's actually doing, see, that was bothered weird. me because it's, I feel like it's just assumed that he's in a hurry. 
That's I, this I, is I, a I, sketchy back alley meeting with an yes. imperial warlord. Yeah. Like, keep it short. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The co- again, context of the scene. Yeah. Don't but, ask for pleasantries. Don't be like, oh, so I, how's the weather there? I Where are you exactly? There is a lot. This season, in general, right? Is I think it is very good, but I think they're maybe I'm being too kind in general. I feel like I'm backtracking a lot and not having a strong opinion, but. I think the overall there's those standout moments versus standout episodes, and you're going to be thinking yeah. of those standout moments when we saw Zeb was amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. That, I don't I, to be honest, like what episode? That was the pirate episode, right? That was a good episode. Though. That was a great that episode. Was a yeah, great okay, episode. yes, it was. As I'm yeah, looking at it, yeah. the thing with Kaloran Beck, people are going to be thinking about that scene with yeah, Kaloran Beck exactly. for a long time. That was a great scene, but I'm probably never going to rewatch that episode. Uh, yeah, it's I don't know about never rewatch, but I think yes, I agree that is like, but that's what I'm thinking about. Right, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about back, not necessarily that full episode, and the same thing. Yes, I guess the pirate is a good episode, and that's kind of a bad example. But the same thing in that episode, what are you thinking of? And I'm, I, I am thinking of Zeb the entire time, yeah. every single time that, that episode. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And so I think this. I mean, it is a good. It's a good season, but it's an uneven season. It's a very uneven season. What, what are these with, low lows that you guys keep talking about? Well, let's let's just get into it. It's yeah. episode six. It is episode Ep- six. The Foundling had um, Kaloran back. That was mm-hmm. awesome. There was, I shouldn't say that, I guess. Okay, yeah, I'll walk it back. The first three minutes Mm -hmm. of episode six and the last three minutes were good. But everything in between there was, I I don't want to say hate. Hate's a strong word, but it wasn't good. And... The actual the actual adventure itself wasn't that good, and all of the casting yeah. immediately takes ca- you out of it. I, like the entire time, you're just like, "But why Lizzo? Why yeah. Jack Black?" And I love and I love I love Jack Black. I love Lizzo. Christopher Lloyd is amazing. I was all in, but it's like I think Star Wars should be one. And of those she's things, apparently a huge Star Wars fan too, which is great. I'm so glad they're in it. But like, yeah, they, that's they, cool. But they did it really well in season one with Adam Polly. And I think Jason Sudeikis as yeah, the because they had their helm, they had their faces covered. Yes. So it's like a fun Easter egg. Like yeah. that doesn't immediately exactly. take you out of it. The second you see Jack Black, you're like, yeah. oh, me. that's Jack Black. And I noticed Jack Black right away. Yeah. And then my eyes shifted to Lizzo, and I was like, wait, what the? Yeah. Like and like the two of them together, like that's yeah. also just such a weird combination. Star Wars in general shouldn't be about like a list star power. I don't think it never has been. Right. Even in even in Andor, you have Andy Serkis, but he's like not even. A massive actor. I mean, he's huge, right? He's in Lord of the Rings. He's a big director. He's, he's he, in Star Wars. He's in yes, exactly. But like you, I was not taken out of that at all because like you rarely see Andy Serkis, yeah, as Andy Serkis in things. I feel like. I mean, yeah, yes, you see true. him in Black Panther, but even then, it's like he always is doing something different. And to me, mm-hmm. it's like he is more Gollum. He is more like this other being. But it's like the same thing in um, the same thing in A New Hope, right? You have Peter Cushing, which is an amazing actor, and yet he doesn't have like that massive star power because he was in more of these weird horror movies, right? He's playing Van Helsing. He's uh, he's playing Sherlock Holmes. He's playing these other characters, but you're not taken out of it instantly, even though Peter Cushing's on a bunch of stuff. The same thing with Christopher Lee in Lord of the Rings. It's like he is a massive actor, and yet I am not taken out of it. Can we and at least talk about Christopher Lee in Star Wars if we're going to talk about Christopher Lee? I'm sure. Okay, yes. Okay. Oh my God. I don't know why I wiped on that. I literally went for. Okay. Uh, man. And Sam, cut that, cut Sam that. Jackson, too. Well, yeah, but even that, it's like, I, yeah, for some reason. Sam just, Jackson wasn't that big of a star in the 90s, was he? Pulp Fiction yeah. was huge. All right. Wasn't uh, that like Dark. his prime? In like 94. I mean, yeah, then also Jurassic Park in 99. I mean, wasn't. He was barely in Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was also 99. 99. No, that was 90, 93. 93. Okay. But he was barely in Jurassic Park. I mean, Pulp Fiction was his first like big movie. How many other movies was he in in the nineties? Shaft. He was in a lot. Was he? Okay. Yes. I, I'm. He was in the third Die Hard. I have no idea when that here. one came out. The first Die Hard was in the eighties, so maybe the third one was in the nineties. I believe yeah, it, it was. Been. Oh man, 
I did not know we're talking about Sam Jackson, and now I'm gonna, I can't believe I just said Christopher Lee and Lord of the Rings. Um, and I kind of love that well, time I, I for just, myself. I just don't get the the resentment you guys have of having a massive star being in this episode of The Mandalorian. Because there's, 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 there were three, well, and exactly, I like I noticed, but three. I guess it just didn't take it, me out of it, it the same way it took you out of it. it I can't. You, it's down. hard. It's hard to quantify. I mean, I can't explain it. Sometimes I, I mean, it yeah. feels natural, and sometimes it takes but you like, out of it. When and this can you one name in Star Wars again that that has a massive star even. Even McGregor didn't take me out of it. I mean, in 99, it's a little different because he kind of became this other being, but it still didn't take me out of it. Like, can you name a person that took you out of it in you, Star Wars? You before? mentioned uh, Game of Thrones earlier. Like, it's, it's like when Ed, Ed Sheeran, Sheeran showed yeah. up in Game of Thrones. Like, everyone's like, "Oh, that's cool. Like, he's a big fan, and like, he really wanted this." But it's like you look at him, and you're just yeah. like, "But that's Ed Sheeran. What's he yeah. doing there?" Exactly. That's like if you casted just I don't. I'm trying to think of like um. That's like if you, if you can you imagine casting like Tom Cruise in The Force Awakens. Like at that time, even it's like, oh yeah, like that's such a weird thing because it's gonna be a Tom Cruise movie. No longer like that. Everyone's gonna refer to that as a Jack Black episode. No one's ever gonna refer to Attack of the Clones as the Christopher Lee movie. Hmm. Like I think that's the basis of it. That's like their their acting persona. I guess it's like too big. Yes, and I love Jack Black. I mean, he's great in everything he does, and he's but everything he does is a Jack Black movie. Exactly, and that you need there's the it's a fine line, and that's the thing is like. When you're talking about Mandalorian season three, I guarantee everyone's going to be like, oh, is that the one with Jack Black? Yeah. Which is like such a weird thing. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I guess it just doesn't bother me like it bothers you. Like, I was okay with but it. What about the rest of the episode, though? Like the actual adventure with the droids? Yeah, that was the first time we've I, seen live action B2 Super Battle Droids since Attack of the Clones. And running, which was, and which was badass. Cool running. Yes, that yeah. was really cool. We got to see Bo-Katan and Mandalorian and Bo-Katan with and Jaren team up and... The differences in their styles. Din Djarin just starts knocking them over, and Bo-Katan wanted to go more calculated. But, see, that's the thing, too. That's, I thought there was good story elements in terms of the season as a whole also, that everyone seems to poo-poo. My biggest kind of like... But it came at the very last three minutes that was completely irrelevant well, to the rest I think, of the story. I think that's the thing, is that the season starts and then stops consistently. And I think that's what is people find ungratifying. Which, again, it's like, oh, season... Oh, every season did that. But That's how the Mandalorian works. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, Moff Gideon wasn't even in it, and he escaped yeah. off screen. Like, Mandalorian... The, Moff Gideon has been in six episodes, the last two of every season, every time. He's not a main yeah. character. But I think that's what you need for a, a, a true villain, right? That's, can you imagine you seeing Darth Vader only in, like, Empire? Like, I mean, obviously they do... Because well, that's the thing. It's it's all the rise and that pressure building to something that is a satisfying release, right? It's like not seeing the Emperor fully until return. It's like you get hints, right? You get breadcrumbs, right? And that's like super smart. Darth Vader is like this looming presence who you learn more about through the entire time. Moff Gideon, we don't really learn his plan until the last episode of... Um, no, is it... Do we learn about it in episode seven or is it eight? Either way, we learn his plan very late. And we only have five episodes previously with him. And in those episodes, he's only in episode seven for like 40 seconds. And then I think they do the same thing in in season one. Again, that sounds like I'm complaining about the show. It's not a complaint because, again, it's like expectations for the audience versus creator. Which, again, this seems like to be working more for... Um, for you, Luke, like obviously, it seems to be working more for like the the. It's just the basis of why you like Star Wars. I think is a little different, which is totally fine. I'm very interested in having that. I, I feel like that's a whole episode as well of why we like Star Wars because I think mm-hmm. I mean we've talked about this a little bit, and I think we all have overlap. And like I was talking to uh, one of our good friends, uh, Josh Vanderzyden, um, big fan of Luke Taylor, um, and vice versa. He like specifically likes Star Wars only for Luke Skywalker, which to really? me is insane. Because it's like it has a lot more to give. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. And so I think that's the thing, though. It's like he likes very specific things, and Star Wars has no interest in other stuff because if it doesn't involve Luke, it's like oh, I don't really care. 
and it's like very odd to me. But at the same time, we do all have overlap, I think, in what we level, love about it. Um, again, that's why it's like we like this season, but you love this season. And it's very interesting, I think. Um, and I think that's I think there's something good to find in in everything. Because uh, again, if you like something, you should mm-hmm. you should like it. You have to love everything, but you should enjoy the content. I think most, season three will age much better than everyone is rating it right now. I think all the things that you guys are complaining about will, with the benefit of hindsight, look like the exact same things that you complained about at the end of season one and at the end of season two. There were episodes that were better and worse. There were episodes see, in seasons one and two that were complete spinoffs that had nothing to do with the plot moving forward. See, I, I disagree. I think I, I think some of those imperfections are always going to last. That's okay. You know, like Matt said, like... Well, whatever. It's, I mean... No, Matt no, no. Come, I, come on, maybe. <laughs> no, well, what Matt and I always talk Validate about... my things. <laughs> what Matt and I, I always it. talk about is, like, it's okay to just like something. Like, yeah. you, don't, you don't have to yuck someone else's yum, you know? Like, if you oh, like Star I Wars... Like phrase, sorry. <laughs> if you, I love that phrase. I oh, use that regularly. Do not like... <laughs> you, will not be using... If you, if you don't like Star Wars, if it's fallen off for you, like, that's fine. Just don't, like, try to ruin it for other people. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because, like, we like as, Star as Wars. As we're telling Luke why we're, something's bad. <laughs> but, that, I mean, those no, are our opinions. Not, yeah. And overall, like you said, we still love The Mandalorian. Yeah. I yes. mean, I would not say that that was a bad season of television at all. Same. And, like Luke said, I think at the beginning of this podcast, we're kind of splitting hairs between, like, a nine and a half and a mm-hmm. ten, so to speak. That's not actually what I would rank it on a scale of one to ten. But we're debating between was it good or was it great? Because yeah. overall, I think season three was really good. It had, to me, some high highs, some low lows. What I don't are know. these other low lows? Why didn't they bring I back think... IG-11 to begin with? Why did they put him into a statue even though there's a, the potential? But then... why? Yeah, why the statue had yes. him before they thought to try to revive and, him and if they could? Honestly, I'm okay with that because there's a level of, of you have to give, right? It's like, it's okay. I'm, I'm not even like, that's fine. with That didn't really bug me. Um, and then I also saw people complaining in episode seven. They're like, why did he even, why did Grogu even have that IG 11? Like he didn't do anything with it. It's like, well, wait till next episode. Like he's obviously going to do something. There's yeah. a set of, it's the Chekhov gun, right? Like they're I thought IG 12 was there to stay. I thought Grogu was going to be riding around in IG 11's carcass for the rest of time. And yeah. I loved it. I was very sad to see IG 12 go down. Yeah. I think, uh, that was, part, that was one of my favorite parts of season three, honestly. It, it was cool. I think, I think this. The thing why season three is looking maybe not looked down upon, but I think is my least favorite for sure, is that we're again expectations. I, I was waiting for it to kind of kick back into that full storyline, which I know it can be and be really intense because they did it in season two. We saw it in season one. We saw little snippets. So season three, I was just really hoping it was going to go to that next level and really rank up and really be. I don't even want it to be like a full drama, obviously. Uh, like succession or something but like i wanted it to just rank up and like being able to have a through line story that every week i'm like at the edge of my seat um and it's not that going to be that show like i think season three kind of solidified it and i think that's what some expectations were like in season one you're like oh i'm just kind of getting used to it season two kind of gave it to you and season three kind of reverted back a little bit so it's just one of those things where i think it's like not even a letdown but it's like the same thing when the emperor came back right it's just like i think people in their minds they wanted things to be different than they were and they're not and then people have in their heads, better theories of how things could have been done. And they kind of boast them up. And then when the reality of what the writers wrote comes out, mm-hmm. people are disappointed, um, which there's nothing you can do about. Cause again, it's like most of the stuff that you're disappointed in is things that you concocted in your own head. 
But there's also some things that they implanted in our head, too, such as mm-hmm. Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah. I think yeah, that would yeah. be a really interesting show. And I think a lot of this season had a lot of references to what is supposed to be Rangers of the New Republic. I yeah. don't know if they're still doing that or not. I don't know where that stands. They obviously didn't talk about it at Celebration, so I'm assuming it's just is... shelved. I'm using air quotes, shelved yes. for now, because Lucasfilm never comes out and says, oh, we're not doing that anymore. They just shelve it. Yeah. Um, is there a possibility it'll be wrapped up into Mando season four? I do believe it'll be almost exactly what Mando season four is. I think they had an idea for Rangers of the New Republic, and then they scrapped it, and then yeah. they but renamed still, it Mando season four. They're still starting late, though, because I feel like this was supposed to play off of elements that were supposed to happen in Rangers of the New Republic. And the big thing that comes to my mind is Moff Gideon breaking out of that uh, Tiberian shuttle or whatever, um, or the Lambda class shuttle, uh, on his way to trial. Because think, he was you think, like, you think oh, that should have been in Rangers of the New Republic. That's Rangers a huge storyline. There's a guy. A Rangers con- of the New Republic was a never going to be who never made Mando it to season trial. three, though. There is, I think that's a great misdirect. Was it not supposed to? I didn't know if it was or not. No. I think that's a misdirect. I mean, they would have had to film it by the time it was canceled. I mean, they would have had time to do so much. There was such mm-hmm. a huge gap between season two. When did season two end in 2019? 20, 20, 2020. 2020? Yeah, yeah, two years ago. Which is almost three. Three. Yeah, it's 2023. I don't know about months necessarily, but like it is almost three years, which is crazy. But I feel like... Um, no, it ended in 2021, spring 2021. Did it? Mm-hmm. Are you 100%? Did you look at IMDb? What if I, I told not, you What if I told you I, it ended, ended in December of 2020? Would you believe two? me? Because it did, yeah. It ended in I December. would not have. It, did, it really did. <laughs> December 18th, 2020. Interesting. Uh, I, I thought every season came out in late fall and ended in early spring, but I guess... Book of Boba Fett was a later release. Yeah. And I think there was, that was, sorry, going back real quick, that was a great misdirect, I thought, that I think they needed to, like, lay, linger, let it linger for a bit, is that we're meant to believe, potentially, that Bo-Katan's crew broke out Gideon, right? She goes to, like, uh, get them back on her side? I was never, I never thought that. See, I thought, see, I feel like that could have been a great misdirect. So maybe it's just, like, perception, because I think we talked about that, didn't we? Mm-hmm. That like that is potentially what because happened. they found the Beskar armor in the shuttle before we knew anything about exactly. the uh, Beskar uh, stormtroopers that Moff Gideon was created. Yes. So we said, "Oh well, who broke them out?" And so we were like, "Oh well, Bo Katan's ex crew are these basically mercenaries for hire." And they said, mm-hmm. "If the price is right, exactly." And so it's like that's a great misdirect, but I feel like they should have actually laid that on because like, it could have been a great tense moment if Axe was actually going to be potentially bad. Like we all thought, maybe what if he turns on Bo Katan because he's actually working with. Gideon, we could have thought about that until... Or the, the armor. Everyone thought the armor exactly. was going to be bad. I, the armor still seems sketchy to me, but I think it's just because she's, like, so... St- like, not stuck on her ways, but she's, like, so straight, like, an arrow, that mm-hmm. I feel like there is, like, this weirdness to her, but I feel like it's like, oh, no, she's just, like, totally normal and not bad at all. I did have a weird moment where I, I like, kind of audibly laughed out loud when I was watching them fly into battle because they all had, like, blasters and they were gearing up. And, and the she armor? Had, yeah, she yeah. had her, and her little songs. Cape, like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I, I understand, like, why in the past those were handy to use and that you're very capable with it, but are those, like, actually your weapons of choice? Like, yeah. you were voluntarily flying into combat with your hammers I'm, right honestly, now? to be fair, this opens up a whole other point, and you know, Max specifically knows, one of my favorite things about Star Wars is to figure out, like, how does reality work in, in Star Wars? Like, how do you figure out an apartment for yourself when you're so many different species and what are those needs like? Anyway, 
where would she have left those and not those have not been stolen is my question to you because there's <laughs> they no had, way they had little tents set up back at their base you're trusting that she in has, a battle she has a chest i'm sure i had almost the exact same thought when we saw her flying in with yeah. her tongs and hammer and then i immediately shot that thought back out of my mind when we saw all those clips of her smashing, smashing people in midair yeah. correct with the because it was, was like oh yeah this is exactly what i wanted actually it was they, gratification. they really right. followed up by that feeling of just like yeah okay i like that mm-hmm. yeah like in your head you can be like that's impractical but when you watch it you're just like oh yeah that feels good very good um all right um we're kind of running over time um so real quick let's do uh starting with matt final thoughts and an overall rating out of 10 Ooh, that's a good question i think overall whole guess, numbers only whole numbers, ooh, that's otherwise, numbers otherwise it would be out of 100 don't get me started on that um i'm glad out of 10 though because i think ranking things out of out of five is real dicey and i think that's a lot of room to uh, wiggle room. Anyway, um, no wiggle room. I think overall the season again has really high highs, semi low lows. I think ultimately, um, it feels uneven and it feels like the I don't want to say I don't want to diss writers or just the writing in general, but it, and again it's just catering to a younger audience. I think it is just catering to a younger audience, which is totally fine. Versus Andor, which I love Andor, and we have to talk about that really in depth, hopefully very I mean, soon. It's catering to a younger audience than Andor, but do you think it's catering yes. to a younger audience than Mandalorian seasons one and two? I see. I don't th- again. I don't think it. I think it's one of those things where it. It just ultimately seems unfair to recontextualize the Mandalorian season three in terms of seasons one, two, and three because no. Andor was so good. No, no, no. I think in ge- I would take Andor over seasons one and two of Mandalorian as well, personally. But serious? I, I do. Yes. Yeah. What you do? Well, yeah, I would take. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Wait, what? A- Andor is my favorite thing that's come out in first Star Wars since Revenge so of the Sith. Ju- oh, okay. Uh, I say Return. You say Revenge of the Sith. Oh, maybe not because I really love Rogue One turning a little in uh, we have a lot to talk about i'm very excited for future weeks um i think i really like the last jedi i think we know exactly what we're about to talk about as soon as i hit stop save it for the pod go ahead go ahead no uh, <laughs> i also really like last jedi uh but i think also okay kind of restarting uh not restarting but i think overall i really really liked uh mandalorian on the weekly basis i'm really interested in watching it kind of one through eight as a whole back to back uh again not obviously week by week um i think it's a little uneven. I think it has a little bit more to be desired, but I'm. I think in in the future, watching it with your kids will be a lot of fun. And I think that's the basis of what Star Wars should be. Is that it should just be fun. Um, and so I'm excited to rewatch it in general. I don't think Star Wars, um, at, at this point is is bad or has run out of ideas and there's so much more to explore. Um, I think ultimately I'd give it a little bit lower rating than I would think. And I would think I would give for context. I think I'd give Mandalorian season two a nine. I think I'd give Mandalorian season one an eight. And I think I would give Mandalorian season three, a seven. That is low. I am shocked. Uh, Mandalorian season three, uh, 10 for me. Same with season two, season one, I'll give a nine. Tens are rare for yeah, me. I think you got out of my top 100 movies. I think I only have three tens. If it was, if it was a different show, not about star Wars, the exact same, I'd probably give it like an eight. But because it's Star Wars and because I love Star Wars so much and there's so much extra world building and stuff already attached. So you're an unreliable source? <laughs> yes. Yes, I <laughs> okay. guess. I, like, I just want to make I mean, sure. We're not, we're not <laughs> reviewing the Mandalorian as film critics. We're reviewing it as Star Wars fans. Yeah. This is a Star Wars podcast. Our biases are coming out. We do like Star Wars. Yeah. It turns out. that I mean, I said how much I like Andor. That has been a frequent pain of mine when someone talks about to me about whether or not I like Andor. And I say, yes, and you should watch it because it's amazing. And it's almost unfortunate that it's a star wars show because then they don't believe me that it's also one of the greatest tv shows ever made like it's that fantastic. show i would still love just as much even if it wasn't star wars it is very good. i try, keep trying to convince uh, my brother mike to watch it and it is like pulling teeth for some reason yeah he would love it it's yeah, yeah. it's pretty good 
I Maxwell? ultimately, I actually don't have a whole lot to add because Matt literally stole my exact rankings. I was going to give this one a seven, uh, season yeah, two and nine, and season one and eight. Um, but let us know if you disagree. Um, reach out to us on the social medias. You can find me on Twitter at Maxter Jedi. You can find me at Filmowski on most social media things. I'm on Twitter at Kitfisto Blog and on TikTok at Little Chili Nine Nine. And also just like you know, tag us and things. Message us. Yeah, just complain reach out. if you want. We are Star Wars fans, so we're just lonely. We're just looking for more people to talk to about this. We're just an editor, a lawyer, and a stay-at-home dad. We'll <laughs> let you determine which ones are which. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you.